Hello and welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and we're so glad that you're here. We use our mojo to really become greater leaders. Now, let's get started by listening to something good. Oh, I feel good. I knew that. If you're a leader with managers reporting to you, I want to ask you a few questions to ask yourself. Does your leadership team work seamlessly together? Are they focused and organized? Do they function well or fight each other? Do they communicate effectively or are they cloaked with confusion? Do they make decisions efficiently and effectively? Are they hiring, training, and keeping the best talent? If someone leaves, do you have an A player waiting on the bench? Well, if you can't answer yes to all of the above, then perhaps I can help you and your team. I help leadership teams work together harmoniously and achieve greater business results. If you want a, a free assessment and a discussion, just email me, steve at managermojo.com. Tell me you'd like to, to chat for a little bit and we'll schedule a call. Thank you. That's steve at managermojo.com. Hello and welcome everyone to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and I am thrilled and honored to introduce my special guest today. My guest is Mr. Aaron T. Walker. He's a businessman, life coach, and author of a truly uh, amazing book called View from the Top, Living a Life of Significance. Uh, and I highly recommend this book to you already. We're gonna talk to Aaron today a little bit about that and some other things. But uh, he is a person that has inspired many through his leadership, mentorship, and consistent pursuit of excellence, which we all love here at Manager Mojo. He enjoys helping others. He's got a 35 years of entrepreneurship under his belt, uh, has a wealth of experience, and we look forward to learning from Aaron today. He's also known as Big A. So Big A, welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Hey, Steve. Thank you a lot, buddy. I really appreciate you having me on your show today. Well, it, it's my pleasure and uh, look forward to hearing uh, your thoughts today. But before we get started, why don't you share with our listeners what fun thing that you've been up to lately outside of work? You know, my everyday fun has everything to do with my grandkids. I have five grandchildren from two years old up to 16 years old. And I spend about four to five days a week at the ballpark. Uh, actually just got back from Chattanooga, Tennessee. We took two of our granddaughters there and we hung out uh, all day on Saturday. They spent the night with us two nights and we absolutely had a blast. So I'll have to say 90% of my fun activities uh, revolve around my grandchildren. Oh, that's wonderful. And congratulations for being able to do that. And uh, the, the things that you've learned in your life, I, I know are going to help all of us today. And 
Uh, I mentioned earlier about your, your book, View from the Top, and it's just a wonderful uh, sharing of the things that have happened in your life that made you successful. And why don't you just give our listeners, if you will, just a, a brief summary of really, uh, you know, what, what is it that really uh, helped propel you to the top in your life? Oh, wow. Well, first of all, we've got to all determine what the view from the top is. It's different for everybody. And uh, I wanted to live a life that was not only about myself, but giving back to others. And that really came as a direct result of a very horrific automobile accident that I had back in 2001. If we have time, maybe we can dive into that a little bit. But I discovered during that paradigm shift in my life that I was all about the success. It wasn't necessarily about any significance. And when I had that automobile accident, I started reflecting on the years that had gone by, and I thought, you know, everything that I had done uh, was of interest to my family and my family only. And nothing I had done was of any interest to anyone else. Like, your life, Steve, wouldn't have been better as a result of having known me. And I started feeling really bad about that, and I said, I want to start other businesses where I look outward instead of inward. And here's what's ironic about that, Steve, is the more I've done that over the course of my career since the automobile accident in 2001, I've been twice as successful financially, but I've been 100x times significantly. And success is about ourselves and significance is about others. And so if you'd like at some point, I'd like to dive into that just a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we, we certainly want to do that. And I, I, I know that many people listening to us are managing teams of people and they're struggling just trying to, to get ahead. And uh, before we get into, uh, you know, what turns you into significant thoughts instead of just success thoughts, uh, I, I want people to get a sense of uh, the drive and ambition that you had and uh, you, you really learned what I consider to be three very important lessons in your life. You, you uh, state in your book that grit, determination, and perseverance are the cornerstones of success. And I, I would say, uh, based on your testimony in the book of your life, uh, you have certainly shown all three of those characteristics, and they started at a very young age. So just give our listeners an idea of the work background, the business background that really kind of fired the guy named Big A today uh, to go into business and become successful. Okay, good. Well, let me, we have to go way back. So let's go back to by the time I was nine years old, I started working in a little local convenience store right down the street from my house. And then at 11 years old, I worked with Jesse Cole. He's a guy that had a meat delivery service. He was my next-door neighbor, and I'd go with him on Saturdays. And then when I was 13 years old, my dad said, hey, you want to help me remodel a pawn shop in Madison? I said, can I make any money? And he said, sure. I said, I'm all in, man. I'm ready. <laughs> so, Steve, I went, I went and started working with my dad remodeling this pawn shop. And uh, we did it for the summer. It was a beauty shop. We turned it into a pawn shop. And at the end of that, it was August of 1974, I went up to the owner and I said, hey, what about hiring me? And he started laughing. He said, how old are you? And I said, I'm 13. He said, what would you do? I said, I'll do whatever you want. And he said, I kind of like your attitude. He said, you're hired. And so I started working there in the afternoons, 
started working there all day on Saturdays. And about two weeks later, I went up to him and I said, Mr. Barry, I've got a question. He said, sure, what is it? I called him off to the side. I was embarrassed, you know. I said, what is a pawn shop? <laughs> he started laughing. <laughs> and he said, well, I guess you better know what you're doing. So he explained to me what a pawn shop was. And Steve, over the next couple of years, I fell in love with that business. Every waking moment that I wasn't in school, I was at that pawn shop working. So I went to the school, and I said, listen, i got to get out of here. And they said, this is not prison. I said, it is to me. i got to get out of here. And how can I... Uh, expedite this graduation process a little bit and they said you can't and I said I don't believe it for a minute surely to goodness I can do something to get out early and the girl named Lori Sanders was in my class and she said what's your urgency and I said I love working I work at this pawn shop and I love it and it is amazing so I go back to the guidance counselor and I said listen you got to figure something out and they said Mr. Walker it just doesn't work that way and I said surely we can figure out something there's that grit, right, the determination. Absolutely. And so they said, here's what you can do. You can go to summer school and night school, and by the time you get this old, you'll have this many credits. And I figured it up, and I said, that'll be the beginning of my junior year in high school. And I said, I'm in. So I went to summer school and night school for about 18 months, and I had enough credits to graduate by the time I was starting my junior year in high school. So I went back to work, and I started working every single day, and I did that for the next two years. Then I met a couple of guys that had a lot of money because, Steve, I was broke. I didn't have any money whatsoever. And I went to the guys again and said, hey, let's take your money, my experience, and open a business. And they said, how old are you? And I said, I'm getting asked that question a lot lately. <laughs> and he started laughing, and he said, why do you want to do that? I said, I want to work. I want to make money. I said, I come from a very poor family, and I want a better quality of life took me about three months, talked them into it. We went in partnership. And so from that point on, I learned that no just means no for today. And my mom had a saying when I was a kid, can't, couldn't do it, and could, did it all. And I was like, my answer to that question is now, can you do it? Yes. What is it you want me to do? I can do it. <laughs> and you develop this sense of confidence when you have that mindset. And so, guys, listen to me today. If you want something bad enough, you can do it. Well, that went on to turn into a pretty successful business. By the time I was 27 years old, I'd sold out to a Fortune 500 company, and I was finished. Financially, I could have quit work. I became extremely bored. I was getting to bed in the middle of the day. I was getting lazy. My wife woke me up from a nap. She said, this is not what I signed up for. She said, you need to get your hind end back down there and go to work. You need to start another business or something. So I go back to Barry's phone shop, and I said, hey, can I work here? He said, Big A, have you already run out of money? And I started laughing. I said, no, I haven't run out of money, but i got to have something to do. That turned into another partnership. We spent the next 10 years building that business four times the size it was because I wouldn't take no as an answer. See, the answer is always no unless you ask. And that's what I tell people every single day. Man, you got to get out there and go for it. People tell you, no, I've just figured out one more way it won't work. And that gets me closer to my goal. And I want you guys to have that same grit, determination, and perseverance. You know, uh, Big A, I, I got to tell you that uh, there are so many people today uh, that, that honestly believe that either when a team member tells them no or their boss tells them no or whatever that – that that's the end of it, and and they just don't keep 
persevering. And what I love about your story is that, you know, you did just look at it as, well, it just means maybe. Uh, it, it was never no. It was, well, maybe you'll change your mind. And you kept working hard to change it. Now, I want to point out to our listeners that when you started that first business at 18 years old with that partnership, uh, it wasn't a small thing. Uh, Big A actually uh, went into partnership with these three, uh, these other two gentlemen that had the money, and they put up $150,000. That's not small money today, my friend, much less when you're 18 years old. Uh, so your grit and determination followed by what I consider to be the key ingredient of those two. I think a lot of people have grit and determination, uh, but what they, they do is they give up too early. They don't, have, they don't yeah. put perseverance in. And perseverance, right. I found in, in my experience, is the difference maker in successful people over and over again. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely, without a question. Listen, it just doesn't register for me. When people say, oh, you can't do that, I say, what you mean is you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And you better move because you're about to get run over because I'm about to go there. You've got to have confidence in yourself. You've got to believe that you can do it. Here's the bigger thing. You've got to have the desire for that more than that person has it for you. You've got to want that thing, whatever it was. Listen, I'm a big guy. I'm 6'4", 235. I probably could have played basketball. I didn't want to play basketball. I wanted to make money. I wanted to work. I wanted to grow businesses. And it's like I could have stayed in school and excelled in school and all that. Like, I didn't want to go to school. I wanted to go to school at night. During the summer, I wanted to get out because I wanted to work. I knew what I wanted. My question to you is, do you know what you want? See, a lot of people don't know what they want. I live a life very intentional, and I have my entire life. I even have a document, and I'll give it away to you at the end. It's called, What Do I Want? Mm. And you've got to sit down and ask yourself exactly what is it that you want in your life. Robin and I sit in our sunroom all the time, and I'm like, do you want to go here? Do you want to buy this? Do you want to save this? Do we want to give this money away? We live proactively, not reactively. And guys, you just can't sit down and live your life reactively and accomplish anything. We have very specific goals that we set. We do what's called a 12-week year, and we say, this is exactly what I want. This is my goal. These are the lead indicators that I've got to do every single day to accomplish my goal. These are the lag indicators that tell me whether I'm on track or not, and I do it every single day. We live our life off of a spreadsheet. I love and it. And I know right now, the rest of the year, what I'm going to be doing for the remainder of the year, and we're recording this in April, and I know the remainder of the year. I know the topic I'm going to be discussing. I know the theme for the mastermind groups I lead. I know the books that we're going to read. I know the people I'm going to interview. And all i got to get up and do every day is execute. I meet my COO four times a year in Chicago. And we sit there and we strategize and we plan. You ought to see our room, Steve. We'll take white paper and tape it up all over the room. <laughs> I get like a suite and we tape it up all the room. And we strategize and we plan. And we'll work 20 hours a day for two and a half days. And we do that to plan. See, the problem is we all got the shiny object syndrome. We come back and we hear another good idea and we go, whoo, we go over there. And then we get over there and we work a little while and we go, another good idea, whoo, here we go again. And guys, you can never be successful that way. And I want to tell you that you've got to have a plan. You've got to structure the plan, 
have these lead indicators, be able to measure it, whatever it is that you're doing each and every day. And you say, well, that's easy for you to do because you've been successful. Listen, let me tell you something. I'm successful because I do it. And I want you to know you can be successful also. You've got to have blinders up. Greg McCowan talks about it in his book, being an inch wide and a mile deep. But here's what everybody does. They're an inch deep and a mile wide. They think they've got to do 15 different things to be successful, and you don't. The profits are when you narrow your focus. When you niche down and you become an expert at that, then you can you have a lot of grit and a lot of determination, a lot of perseverance on a very small area of expertise. And then people are going to pay you big money to do it. I just love that explanation because it's it's so true. Uh, I know personally, uh, Big A, I, I struggled with that early in my life that I, I was... Uh, <laughs> I, I was an inch deep and a mile wide uh, because I, yep. I truly lived the shiny objects world. Most people are. And, yep. uh, but I learned that even though I may have been hardwired to be distracted, that I could discipline myself to be uh, more focused and more intent on what I was doing. Now, uh, for our listeners, I want to point out, you mentioned Robin. Robin is uh, your wife, and you guys have been married now over 35 years, I believe. Is that correct? 38 years. Don't cheat me out of three years. Not 38 a one. years. I knew it was over 35, so 38 years. <laughs> We've been together 40 years. Yeah, unbelievable. Robin's my biggest advocate. She's my support, my rock. She's everything to me, man. 38 years, June 21st. Uh, that's awesome, and congratulations uh, to both of you. And uh, it, it's it's just such a t testimony to the grit and determination and perseverance that you really have. Now, uh, Big A, we talked briefly. I want I do want to go to living your life with intent and significance. Uh, and you mentioned the accident that happened in 2001, and I, I think this would have put a lot of people back. And wh why don't you help everyone understand that, you know what, it doesn't matter. Sometimes you, you can be successful, but life can throw you some really big curves. Tell us about the curve that came your way and how it affected your life. So I'll set the stage a little bit for you. Things were good for me. I was 40 years old. I was uh, working three days a week, uh, very successful company. Uh, everything was good. Two beautiful daughters. Robin is just amazing. And I'm like, man, my life doesn't get any better. You know what I'm saying? I mean, things were so good. So every Wednesday morning, I would go to our church. And there were five of us that would meet together, our pastor and four other guys. And we pray for each other's family, pray for our businesses. I'm a Christian by faith, and so prayer is a real big part of my life. And so it was a Wednesday morning, no different than any other Wednesday morning. It was August 1st, 2001. I jumped in the car at 7.30 in the morning from the church. We'd been there since about 5.30, and I'd left the church, and I was driving to my office. And I got about a mile and a half from my office, and uh, Gallatin Pike is the name of the road running north and south, and I was headed south, and I noticed this guy running down this side street, and it's a four-lane highway, very, very busy, very, very, very busy uh, 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 street in Nashville. And so I noticed him coming across the other two lanes of traffic, and he got to the median, and he stopped, and he paused, and I was driving about 45, 50 miles an hour, and I let off on the gas, 
because there was a bus there had stopped. And I saw very quickly what was going on. He was trying to catch the bus. And so I let off on the throttle, and uh, I got to him, and he paused. His shoulders slumped down, and I thought, well, he's waiting on me to get on by. So I sped back up. And, Steve, you know all this happened in like three seconds. I mean, I tell him it takes longer, but it all happened like three seconds. Soon as I get to this guy, he takes off running with all these guys, and I ran over and killed a pedestrian. And mm-hmm. I can't even begin to tell you how I felt that day. I don't know, if, Steve, if you've ever been in a situation where something very traumatic happened to you, but it was like everything slowed down in slow motion. It was like, I can't believe this. And I'm like, God, are you serious? I cannot believe this is happening to me. So I stopped on the side of the road, and my hand was shaking so bad I couldn't even pick up my phone. Finally got my phone picked up, and I didn't want to turn around and look. I mean, I didn't. I said, i got to get out of here. So I was shaking. I got out of the car, and I turned around and looked, and there was this guy face down in the street. Cars were stopping everywhere. And I was literally sick at my stomach immediately. And I picked up the phone. I finally got my composure. I dialed 911. Cars came from everywhere. People were jumping out. All four lanes of traffic stopped. People are everywhere. I finally go over, and I'm praying, God, please let this guy be okay. Maybe he's okay. Well, the ambulance got there. He had severe head trauma. They put him in the ambulance, and uh, they called me on Saturday morning, and they said, Mr. Walker, uh, he didn't make it. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And they said, no, he had severe head trauma, and he lasted three days. And I'm sorry to report he passed away. Well, his name was Enrique, and he was from the Philippines. He was 77 years old. And we found out later that he had been warned multiple times not to travel alone. We found out he can't see well, and mm-hmm. he just didn't see me. He just didn't see me coming. Well, to make a real long story short, uh, I went to the office, and I told my partner, I said, listen, I've been working since I'm nine years old, and uh, I can't handle this pressure anymore, and I'm quitting. He said, what? And I said, I'm done. I kind of had a little episode at the store where my nerves were just shot, and I said, I'm retiring. So I did. Robin and I prayed about it, and I retired, and we traveled extensively over the next five years. I didn't work for five years. And then one day, Robin woke me up from a nap. She said, you're getting fat and lazy again. (laughs) It's time to go back to work. (laughs) And so we went in the construction industry, and we were pretty successful at that. But what I learned during that time is that I had had great success financially, but I had no significance. Nobody cared. I had a place on the beach and another place later in the mountains, and I had a big house and big car and take trips. Everybody says, you know, money makes you feel this sense of self-worth. Well, that's not true, first of all. And first of all, I can't stand it when people that have money say, money's not important. I want to go, you liar. Let's take it away from you and see how important it is. It's very important, but don't make it your God. And see, I had early on made it my sole focus. Right. And it was so important that I have another 50000 or another business or another house or whatever. And I'm like, that is not what true happiness is about. Because happiness is a choice. It's not a trait. And we choose to be happy in our present situation. That's what the Scripture is talking about. Learn to be content in all situations. But don't confuse that with complacency. I got to pedal down. I like to grow and go for it. I love to build businesses, but I want to learn to be content 
in my present situation and enjoy today because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And that's what I learned. That could have been me that got run over. And then what my legacy have been, poor kid from Nashville, Tennessee, makes a little bit of money and nobody cares. And I'm like, that's not what I want my legacy to be. I want my legacy to be. He looked outward, and my life is different as a result of having known him. And I, I might add to that that uh, since that period of time, you've spent your time helping other entrepreneurs, other businesses uh, succeed and grow, and, and you've helped people right. really get focused on the main thing instead of right. making money the only thing. And uh, so right. it's been very, very uh, significant in how you have helped people, and it, it serves as a great example for all of us. Uh, you know what happens, Steve? I want to say one more thing about this before we move on. Absolutely. The thing is, is yeah, the thing is, is that when you focus outward and you take the focus off yourself and you help people, they want to be around you. You bring the light. You, you bring the encouragement, you bring the resources, you bring the edification, you bring the help. People naturally want to do for you, so that natural reciprocity makes you twice as successful as you would have been had you just looked inward. We've really got it backwards. Amen. God created us to be in community, right? And we need to be looking out to help other people. People are scared to show their cards. I'm like, I'll tell you everything I know. Because I have an abundance mindset, not a scarcity mindset. There's plenty out there for everybody. And when you develop the mindset shift that I'm talking about, your whole life will be better, both successfully and significantly. I totally agree with you 100% and very well said. Now, uh, Big A, I know uh, many people are listening to your story and you've whetted their appetite today. Uh, to learn more about your story. Uh, why don't you share how they can connect with you and learn more about your work? Well, thank you, Steve. I appreciate that. The, the easiest way to contact me is go to my website, viewfromthetop.com. And if you'll go there and you can get a couple of things I'd like to give you. One is a personal assessment. One is what do I want? And one is steps to a productive day. There's other resources there I'll give you for free. But those are three primarily that you need to download and really look inward and take that personal assessment, discover what you want for yourself. And then the steps to a productive day document is kind of a to-do list on steroids. And I've taken the price off all these. I'm going to give them to you. So just download those and hopefully it will help you understand how you two can live a successful and significant life. I just love that. And uh, once again, you're a giving back to others. And I love that idea. Uh, for those of you that are listening and exercising, uh, don't worry. Uh, I'm going to put a direct link in the post. So when you're done exercising, that link is there to make it easy for you to go uh, to Big A's website and to learn more about his work. Now, uh, as, as we come to a close today, though, Big A, I, I always like uh, to end our discussions with action items because, you know what, I, I don't believe that uh, anything of significance can happen unless you take action. So what would be right. the top two action items that you would recommend to our listeners today that they prioritize in their life? Well, the number one key to your success is building relationships, hands down, no contest whatsoever. 
And my dad taught me how to do that years ago. He wasn't successful financially, but he was hugely successful socially. And the way that you can build huge amounts of success is building relationships very intentionally. Get involved in an accountability group. Get in a mastermind group if you'd like. We have Iron Sharpens Iron Mastermind Group. It's, it opens the doors to things that you never could simply from building those relationships. The next action step, most people are afraid, and they're afraid of something. And I say fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure. And what I mean by that is stop worrying about what everybody else thinks. They're not sitting around their dinner table talking about your successes or failures. And it's the biggest thing that holds us back. I couldn't lay in bed at night, Steve, and think, would it have worked? I have to try it. Maybe it doesn't work. I don't believe in failure. I believe in you either learn or you succeed. And so get rid of the myth that you're failing, right? Learn the steps and learn not to repeat some things and learn to repeat others. So I would just encourage you to build relationships intentionally and fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure. And you develop the mindset that I talked about earlier and you adopt in your life, can't, couldn't do it, and could did it all, you better hold on because success <laughs> is coming your way. Uh, and absolutely. I mean it's coming in a big way. I absolutely. totally agree. That's awesome. Very well said. And uh, those are action items that we all can really pursue and learn from today. Uh, my guest today has been Mr. Aaron Walker. Uh, he is the author of View from the Top, Living a Life of Significance. Uh, just go get it. I promise you, you're going to love every little word in that book. It's going to really inspire you. The story is amazing. And uh, don't just take my word for it. Just go look it up on Amazon and you will find out how many people just freaking love this book. So, Big A, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today here at Manager Mojo. And uh, on behalf of all our listeners, we uh, thank you for your wisdom, and we also wish you continued success in every single thing that you do. Thank you for being our guest today. Thanks a lot, Steve. Have a good one, buddy. We'll see you.